If it is your first time and the first time in a long time, we are glad that you are here uh, tonight. We are in week two of a series uh, that I have shortened up. I'm calling it DOS. No, that's not what I'm going to call it. Tonight we're in a series called Demons, Angels, and Spirits. Turn to your neighbor and say, ooh. Demons, Spirits, and Angels? Sorry, I got it wrong. DSA. That's how, that's how much pay attention I pay to the creative arts of Zion City. So, Hey, how many y'all? How many y'all are in school right now? Started school. Let me see. Let me see. Okay, okay, okay. How many y'all are winning adults and you don't go to school anymore? Raise your hand, my people. Eat it, losers. I never have to go to chemistry ever again. Right now, I'm just playing. I'm so excited that you are here tonight. Um, turn to your neighbor and say, "Hey." Turn to your other neighbor and say, "Hey." Man, some of y'all said that weird. Y'all too good at that, y'all. Hey, if we've not had the opportunity to meet, my name is Pastor Taylor. Um, I've helped lead Zion City students now. Uh, I just hit year five of doing this. How crazy is that? Like, as long as you have, like, you know, you, some of you 18-year-olds, you're like, wow, I was 13 when he started. I'm like, yeah, that's Anthony who, who got up. Didn't Anthony just bring an awesome exhortation moment? I don't know where Anthony's at, but it was awesome. He's probably throwing up out there. He's like, because, oh, there he is right there. I asked Anthony, can I just tell you this? This is how I know that God speaks to people. I told Anthony, hey, Anthony, I want you to close worship. I want you to do the exhortation moment when the timer read four minutes and 25 seconds. Can I tell you that Anthony didn't just pull something out and go like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I've just always, uh, I've just been preparing. This is my moment. It's my time to shine. Can I tell you that when God gives you an opportunity, it's not in your ability, it's through him that you're going to execute well? Oh, somebody only need to say amen better than that. When you get the opportunity, it's not about your ability, it's not about your gifting, it's not about how good you are, it's about how good he is. That's just a little sidebar that has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight. But um, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask the question, how many of y'all have ever walked in somewhere, like you walk in, and you're just not feeling it. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Raise your hand. All right, ra keep your hand raised if that's how you walked in tonight. Raise your hand. Yeah, that's how I walked in tonight. I was like, oh, I'm just not feeling it. And I got to preach. I got to preach, and I'm not feeling it tonight. And can I tell you your feelings lie to you? Oh, y'all need to say amen because y'all used to have feelings for that boy, and you ain't got no feelings for that boy now. You're like, no, we're going to get married, and we're going to have, like, just the most beautiful family ever. And then you guys left middle school, and you're like, oh, God, no. <laughs> right? Feelings lie to you. And can I tell you that oftentimes it's not just feelings, but there are oftentimes there's more to the story. Someone say more to the story. No, some of y'all got to really say it. I need y'all to help me preach tonight. Say more to the story. There's more to the story. There's more than just meets the eye, right? Uh, I love seeing, um, um, like, videos, and normally it's, it's, I see it a lot in, like, strength videos where, like, a little skinny guy gets up there, and you're like, he's not very strong, and then he just moves a ton of weight, and you're like, what am I doing with my life? I am overweight, and that guy is stronger than me. What is going on, right? There are a lot of times when there is more than meets the eye, um, but I want to recap a little bit of last week. How many of y'all were here last week? Come on now. Yes, I love seeing that. Um, I want to ask another question. I'm in the habit of y'all raising your hand. How many of y'all brought your Bibles tonight? Let me see it. Let me see it. Let me see it. Show me, show me, show me, show me. I don't want to see a hand. I want to see your Bible. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, how many of y'all brought something you can take notes with? Come on, show me. These are my people right here. I say it every week. The reason your life still sucks. 
because you don't take notes. You keep wondering, God, I can't get freedom in this area. God, I can't. Why do I keep struggling? God, why do I keep looking at porn? And it's because you're not taking notes and learning what God is trying to teach you in this season of your life, young man, young woman. So I'm a little fired up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pace myself or I'm going to be all tired at the end of service. But somebody say Ephesians. First passage we're jumping into tonight, Ephesians 6, 12 says this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Someone say flesh and blood. Someone say, what's up, blood? Right? We're not against flesh or blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual, someone say spiritual, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Can I tell you, your, your biggest problem is not your fourth period teacher. Your biggest problem is not your mom who never lets you hang out with your friends. Your biggest problem is not that boy because he won't text you back. Guilty as charged. I'm a terrible texter. All the lead team will tell you. They'll, like, shoot me a message. I'll be like, yeah, I'll get back to you next year, right? Like, and I'll tell you, it's, it's not a person that you're wrestling with or your problem is not with a person. You may have differences, but your bigger struggle in this life is against spiritual things spiritual things. There's a spiritual struggle that underlies every single part of the world that we live in. Can I tell you that? A lot of times we under-spiritualize what's going on. We're like, I'm just not feeling it. Well, maybe there's something spiritual going on, young man. You'd be like, man, I'm just not feeling it tonight. And maybe it's because God has something for you, but a low-grade demon is like, yo, if I can get them distracted tonight, they're going to miss what God has for them. And you'll be like, I just wasn't feeling it. My hormones are out of balance. I need more essential oils in my life, right? And you'll, t you'll blame things when there might be a spiritual thing underlying it. Last week I said there is no neutral spirit. Someone say neutral. Either spiritually you are for Christ or against Christ. There is no neutral party, um, and that's why I, I want us to become aware of the spiritual content that we engage in. Someone say spiritual Someone say spiritual. That's S-P-U-R-T-I-L. Spiritual. First John 4.1. Y'all with me? Y'all still with me? Y'all okay if I move fast tonight? I got a lot of content. Thanks, Carter. Thanks for being for me. First John 4.1 says this. Dear friends. Someone say, hey, friends. That's what John said right there. No, that's not what he said. He says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. If there are spirits from God, there are spirits not from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many people will tell you, this is good. This is my truth. This is what feels good to me. And can I tell you, that false prophet, that false person you're leaning into, the person you think like, man, I just love how deep they are. No, no, no. They confuse you, and so you like it. I just love being confused feels like I'm watching, I just jumped into a weird soap, soap opera halfway through, and like, why is she kissing him? What's going on? I don't understand. Don't be, don't be, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And I've heard this phrase before when we talk about spirituality. Someone say spiritual, right? How many of y'all have ever heard of like new age spirituality? Like, people are like, ah, oh, just the energies. Like, I just, like, there are orbs of energy, and you're throwing off my 
organization of those orbs in my body. There are people who go like, man, I just like new age spirituality, right? There's some places, if you've been to Sedona, I talked about that a little bit, where you go and they're like, there's a vortex. And you're like, no, you're dehydrated. That's a heat stroke. Stop it, right? It's, It's how you know. Oh, should I go there? This is how you know white people aren't meant to be in the sun because they get out in the sun out in Sedona and they're like, there's a vortex because they're just sunburned and they don't, they can't handle it. They can't handle the heat. There's a lot of times when we go, but it's their truth. Their spirituality isn't hurting me, PT. Why would I, why would I fight somebody? Everyone says Christians don't just, they, they aren't tolerant. And can I tell you, the reason why you can't be tolerant is because there is either for Jesus or against Jesus. That's why it's so important. I'm not saying that you have to be hateful and punch people in the face when they're like, I don't believe in God. You're like, yeah, PT told me I can't be tolerant. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is that we engage in other spiritual things and we don't know that it's leading us to hell, leading us to death. First, uh, not first John, regular John, John 14, 6, says this, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. The only way somebody gains access to, to God, the real, true God, is through Jesus. If it's not through Jesus, that's not God they're engaging with. 1 Corinthians 8, 5 through, 5 through 6 says this, There may be so-called gods both in heaven and on earth, and some people actually worship many gods and many lords. A lot of people have a God, and they call it money. Like, ooh, I'm trying to get that bread. Ooh, I'm grinding because I'm trying to have more money. I'm trying to have more options. If I get more money, if I get favor with money, then the, the person that I'm interested in, the cute girl, will suddenly be interested in me. Like, no, bro, you ain't never put deodorant on or brush your teeth. That's why she's not interested. She don't need to know that you got M's in your bank account, right? Like, that's not what it's about. A lot of people have the God of, of, of sex, right? We go like, oh, man, if I could just have sex, like if I, and that's all we think about. If I could just have that, and can I tell you, that is a very poor God because it's based in stupid uh, lust, not actual love. There, are so, there may be so-called gods both in heaven and on earth, and some people actually worship many gods and many lords. Verse 6, but for us. Someone say us. He's talking about believers. Someone say us. Y'all got to say us like you got a little bit of gumption about you. Like you got a little something like, like y'all need to sound like a football team that's about to run out and get beat down 56 to zero, but they're hyped still before the game. Someone say us. But for us, there is one God, the Father, by whom all things were created and for whom we live. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, through all things were created and through whom we live. Here's the first point of my message. If Jesus isn't central to the spirituality, that spirituality leads to hell. People who go like, no, they're just a good person. No, I'm telling you, you can be Buddhist and get to heaven. Nope, bro. Jesus says the only way to the Father is through me. The only way to get to heaven, to experience God's presence, is through me. Any, any religion or spirituality that is not based in Christ Jesus being the Son of God and, and acknowledges that he is the only way to eternal life has another spirit at work. Any spirituality, spirituality that does not profess the name of Jesus will lead to hell and eternal separation from God. You're like, geez, PT, why are you, why are you going at other religions next right now? 
because I'm just built like that. No, no, no. Jeez, PT, why are you so mean? Why are you going after people? Why are you being hateful? Why are you being one of those Christians that are so hateful? And can I tell you, it's because your eternal destination is at play. I will not apologize for being firm where the Bible is firm. I will not apologize for where God says, where Jesus looks at people and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through me and be like, well, but like, were you serious, Jesus? Are you sure? Because there's this really cool guy named Buddha. Where's like a, he's got like a big belly. He's kind of like Santa, right? Like, no, 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 if I engage with that, if I, if I, th- there are other good ways, and can I tell you that is false, and I want to pull, pull some stats on why I'm so passionate about this, okay? Y'all, y'all like stats? Y'all like, geez, PT, you're preaching so strong, and we're only like 15 minutes in. I don't care! First point, first stat, 52%. Someone say 52%. That's all, that's over half. 52% of all American Christians American Christians believe that at least some non-Christian faiths can lead to eternal life. There's 52% of American Christians believe that if I don't profess the name of Jesus, if I don't acknowledge him as Savior, that he died for me, that if I believe something else, I can still get to heaven. The reason why this is so strong is because that is complete false doctrine. That is complete lies. Next stat, 39%. Someone say 39%. 39% of all U.S. adults believe that you can go to heaven without knowing God. Do you know how crazy that is? <laughs> that 40% of all U.S. adults be like, hey, do you need to know God to heaven? No. I'm just going to meet him for the first time when I get there. Hi, nice to meet you, God. I know you know everything about me. Who are you? Tell me about yourself. Do you know how foolish that is? That Jesus literally went and died for you, and you can still have access to eternal life with him, but the first time you get to interact with him is you're dead, standing at the gates of eternity going, yeah, this is good. I was, like, good. I only, like, hit, like, a dog once when I was mad. I only did, like, bad things, like, when I was a teenager, and then I just became an old, angry person that yelled at people, that cussed people out. I only parked in the handicapped spot when I'm not handicapped once a month. I only, I only did so, I, I didn't do that many bad things. If we weigh my life and we go, there's good and there's evil, but there's more good than evil. Can I tell you, you're still evil. I know we don't like that, but here's a perfect example. I'm making brownies. How many of y'all love brownies? Yes, Lord. And I'm going to put some ice cream on top because I'm getting crazy now, right? It's like, a, what's, a, what's a brownie with ice cream on top? I know a cookie with ice cream on top is called a pizookie, but what's a, a, a b- brownie? <laughs> I don't know. P- brownie, yo. Start a new business called p- Brownies R Us. No. So check this out. If I was making you brownies, and I was like, man, I'm going to get all of the best ingredients. I'm shopping at Whole Foods organic, right? All, 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 the, all the people who are in the struggle bus are like, what's Whole Foods, right? I don't know what you're talking about. Me neither, bro. I didn't shop at Whole Foods growing up. We were at, never mind. 
But I remember, I were, like, if I were making you brownies, right? I was making you the best brownies you're ever going to have. I'm going to put ice cream, homemade, grandma-made ice cream on top. And I was making these brownies, and I walked outside, and I just grabbed, like, one nugget of dog poop. And I threw it in the brownies. And I stirred it up. Made brownies, put ice cream on top. The sickos in the room are like, I'd still eat it. You're like, that's why you're not dating anyone, my friend. That's why you're single, because you're like, no, it's good, bro. I'll kiss her. And like, you would put poop in that mouth, bro. What are you talking about? But if we were to really be honest and be like, hey, this has been presented for you. Here's some dog poop. Do you want to eat it? And you'd be like, no, there's no way. Hey, no, there's only like 10%. No, there's no way. There's no way I would eat dog feces. But we carry sin. And even if it was more than 10%, we go, no, 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 I don't have to. I've done more good. There's more good brownie than poop. There's more good things than sin. Can I tell you, it's the same precedent. You cannot get into heaven of your own ability. You cannot gain access to God through your own ability. It's only through Jesus. And here's the thing is that I really don't believe um, there are a lot of people, like other spiritualities that are like, um, like hateful people. I really don't believe that like, like Buddhists walk around kicking puppies or people who believe in Hindu are like, you know, like, you know, parking on the curb and like hitting old grandmas. Like, that's not what I believe, okay? I don't believe all people are evil. That's not what I believe, okay? I believe human nature is evil and deceptive and left to our own devices, we will be evil and deceptive. But I don't believe all people, all other religions are like, we're just gonna be just horrible, we're going to sacrifice babies, we're going to kill puppies, like we're going to do, like that's not, I don't believe that, but what I do believe is this, that though it is good, someone, someone say good and quote your finger, say good, though it is good, it's not God, and your good compared to, to God, the Bible says is as filthy rags, the best that you can do is trash before the Lord because that's how good he is. Not because we're, we're like, you know, the scum of the earth, like, oh, I, I helped somebody, I did something good. That's good, but, but compared to Jesus who never sinned, never messed up, never, never engaged in temptation, never mistreated anybody, never talked back to mama, never disobeyed his parents or his leadership or his authority, every opportunity that he had that he could be prideful, he instead chose humility. That guy who lived perfect hung on a cross for hours and died for you. That's actual good. And your good, I don't know if I can say this, sucks compared to that. The best you've got, the Bible actually compares it to rags. Rags that are disgusting, the lowest rags. Like the rags that like you don't show people that you got in your house, right? You got like the decorative rags that like mom hangs on the oven. You're like, we don't even use that, right? Like you only put that out for other people. That's not for me. That's for other people, right? all this wounding about a rag hanging off the oven, I guess. I need to work through that. But if I were to say, like, the worst, dirtiest, nastiest oil, blood, whatever, nasty rag that you can think in your mind, that is the best that you can do in comparison to the goodness of God. The reason I care is because if we don't have this figured out, we will believe false prophets. We will believe what sounds good and miss God. 
So I actually want to show you something. We, we, we choose good, but it's not the real thing. So I actually have some stuff in my pocket. So can anybody tell me what this is in my hand? Right? Monopoly money, right? It's a big old hundo. Sheesh. I could pay rent with that, you know what I'm saying? Right? How many of y'all are like really aggressive Monopoly players, right? I hate you. You're the reason that communism doesn't work. <laughs> because you're aggressive and you take from people, right? It's because human nature doesn't really work if you believe in communism because people always want more. They're never satisfied, right? Oh, 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 sorry. Now I'm jumping into a Marxist conversation. Sorry, guys. This is spiritual. But it is Monopoly money, right? If I gave this to Lenin and I said, Lenin, get yourself something real nice. Can Lenin get something real nice? From an idiot? Yes. He could be like, bro, hear me out. The next Dogecoin, Monopoly money, right? Hear me out, bro. Bitcoin, Tom Brady, it didn't work out for him, but it will work out for you, right? But then in my other hand, I've got something else. What is this? Oh, I can't get it open because my wife folds these bills. Can anybody tell me what that is? It's a $100 bill, right? So if I gave this to, to, to Kate and I said, Kate, get yourself something real nice. Would Kate be able to get herself something fairly nice? Right? All the, all the Oro Valley kids are like, no, that's my allowance for the week. What are you talking about? <laughs> I will come for all demographics of people in Tucson, not just Marana. But if I gave you $100 and then I asked you, if I asked you to compare these two, what's the difference? Okay, this is fake. But if we look, how much is that worth in Monopoly? How much is this worth? So they're like equal values. This one in Monopoly world and this one in the real world. And can I tell you, your spiritual value, the spiritual things that you've placed value in, you may have value in that area. You'd be like, yeah, man, like if I do good things in, in Buddhism, then, then I'll have peace, I'll have experience. But when you get to the real world, when, when, when you're standing before God and you present monopoly money, here's my spiritualness. I did good. Can I tell you your good is trash? The reason why I care so much is because so many of us are duped by fake. So many of us believe that this is just as valuable as this. We go, no, 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 they're the same thing. You're a good person. I'm a good person. You're a Christian. Uh, I'm a Christian. You're, you believe in something different. You believe in Scientology, whatever that is. Like, you believe in something different. I believe in something different. As long as we don't hurt or kill people, then we're both going to heaven. It's not how it works, young man. It's not how it works, young lady. The only way to God is through Christ Jesus. Everything else leads to death, to separation from God, and truthfully, you paying for your own sins. I know what you're thinking, like, hey, what's he doing with that $100 bill? Don't worry about it. I'm a youth pastor. I need it. It's my groceries for the month, David. So, no, I'm just playing. A month? Can I challenge you? Don't be duped by a fake. Don't be duped by a fake. Though it sounds good, if it's not based in Jesus, if it doesn't profess the name of Jesus, it will lead to death. It will lead to hell. It will lead to eternal damnation. It will lead to separation from God. Next point of my message, Jesus is the only spiritual path to heaven. If it's not Jesus, it's not leading you to heaven. 
If it's not Jesus, it's not true, it's not real, it's actually a deception. Jesus is the only way to him. So I'm actually going to jump into the next part of tonight's message. I actually want to talk about spiritual warfare. How many of y'all have heard that term before? Okay, okay. All the church people are raising their hands. If you've never heard that term before, spiritual warfare uh, indicates that there is a spiritual nature going on around us and that there are things fighting, right? How many of y'all have ever been in a fight before? Tell the truth, shame the devil, right? Okay, raise your hand if you've been in a fight. Raise your hand if you've been in a fight. Raise it, raise it, raise it. Okay, put your hand down if it was with a sibling. Okay. Raise your hand if it was at school. Raise your hand if it was at, like, a local park. Y'all, park fights are different. (laughs) Park fights are different. Like, you might get left, like, for dead in the skate park, bro. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. But the reason why I tell you that is because there is a fight. And can I tell you that leading up to the moments of a fight, if you've ever been in a fight, there is, like, this anxiety. There's, like, you start seeing red. Like, you're ready to scrap. Like, you're, like, suddenly you're, like, swinging, and you might punch the wrong person but it eventually gets to the right person, right? Like, I don't know about you, but siblings fights, like, that was so real. Like, you'd walk in, and they were, like, scrapping, and you're, like, trying to leave as quietly as possible. Like, please don't bring me in and use me as a weapon against my siblings, right? Just older sibling things. But but I remember, I remember going into, like, if I'd have a scrap or if I'd fight with my buddy or I'd fight, like, just wrestling, whatever. But there is a moment where it's, like, I am trying to win with everything in me. I do not want to lose this fight. I do not want to get pinned. I do not want to lose, right, cousins, whoever. Like, you start scrapping, you start fighting. And can I tell you that the same thing is happening spiritually every single moment of your life? That there is a spiritual force that is known as Jesus who is interceding right now for us, for your life. He is praying and going, God, please protect them from that thing. God, please protect them from their stupid decision. God, please protect their heart from that stupid person that they're allowing to date in their life. Not very many amens there. Okay. Right? And God is interceding, but right now there is, the devil is lurking about. The Bible says, like a lion looking for who he might devour. He is looking for a moment when you are distracted, when you are on your phone, or you are talking in the middle of a service where God might be speaking. And you might just miss it. And the saddest part is, is that God is constantly speaking, but we ignore him when we sit in services like this distracted. There's a physical element to spiritual warfare, and there is a mental element to spiritual warfare. I want to read you a passage of scripture. Y'all sit with me? Y'all ain't tired, right? I know you're like, I started school this week. Get over it. Everyone starts school at some point in their life. 1 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says this. For though we live in the world, someone say world. We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Man, that stronghold that's been in your family for the last 10 generations, the alcoholism, the divorce, the abuse, the thing that has been a part of your family, you have the ability, you have the strength, you have a gifting, you have the power, you have a weapon from the Lord to break that off. The, the, the pattern of, of suicide, the pattern of struggle in pornography, the unfaithfulness, the cheating, all of that, you have the ability to break that stronghold off of your family. 
Verse 5, we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Do you understand what that means? That means that in spiritual, when people tell you things, when people are like, hey, there's this thing where, like, if you just, like, have a good vibe, like, good things will happen. It's called karma. That was one thing I had worked through with my wife. She believed in karma before she got saved. Truth. I'd be like, that's karma. And I'd be like, in the Bible, it's called reaping and sowing. And she'd be like, no, it's karma. There's this, like, cosmic energy. It's a tetherball that when you hit, it just comes back, whoosh, right? No, 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 that's not what happens. It's the dynamic of reaping and sowing. What you, what you sow, what you plant into the ground, if you plant hatefulness, do you know what you're going to get? Hatefulness. It not, might not be immediate. And that's the crazy part about reaping and sowing. Like, it may be 20 years down the road, and you are hateful to that teacher, and suddenly people just start being hateful to you at work. You're like, I don't know what I did. Well, because you were a jerk, and you talked about that teacher every single day behind their back to your friends. Ooh. There's not very many amens. Can I get an amen, Isaac? Thank you, sir. He's like, I don't have teachers anymore, right? Oh, maybe it's you talking about your boss behind their back. Are you complaining to your new boss about your old boss? We, we demolish, verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, someone say captive, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's the mental part of spiritual warfare. There are things you entertain. There are videos you watch on YouTube, on TikTok, on whatever thing, whatever thing, and it starts to entertain a thought, man, like, oh, man, sexually, that would be fun. Oh, man, I would love to engage like that. Man, I would love to just go party like that and get, just get hammered at the club, right? And you start to pretense. You start to let your mind run and wander with things when really you need to take that thought captive and take it to Jesus, because if you're not careful, the thing that you think is cool right now may actually be connected to a spiritual stronghold that has been ravaging your family for the last decade. Man, it's so fun to go party, and your dad struggles with alcoholism. Man, it's so, man, I just want to go get high with my buddies, and you wonder why you live in poverty, because you spend all your money on stupid drugs. Oh, Spiritual warfare is happening whether you like it or not. You cannot be a neutral party in spiritual warfare. I started to think about a neutral party, right? And I started to think about, we think about like, um, like a school fight, and there's like a neutral party who gets in. It's like, stop. Stop. Break it up. I feel like doing that to some of y'all because y'all be laying on each other. You ain't got a ring on their finger. No, that was a dance move. You don't even know. That's how old Isaac is. But if we were in a fight, right, if we were scrapping, here's the crazy thing about a fight, right? Normally, when you gain victory over the person you're fighting, right, you land the uppercut of all uppercuts, right? Pretend like I did. That was a, t you're supposed to go up with an uppercut. Uh, uppercut. No, 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 it's over now. You lost your moment. But if you win the fight, right, you're like, yes, done. Mm. Right? You start walking around like Conor McGregor. Right? Right? You suddenly start walking around like you're a UFC fighter. You're like, bro, you don't want none of this. You're like, bro, you just beat your little brother up. He's six years younger than you. Stop it. Right? I always remember I would wrestle with Judah, and Judah's nine years younger than me. So, like, when I'm 15, 
poor little Judas six. I'm like Sparta kicking him in the chest, like into the pool. He's like, oh. True. <laughs> but the reason why I tell you that is because we think like that's how the enemy fights. He goes after somebody, he goes after a pastor, he goes after somebody spiritual, he takes him out, and then he leaves him alone. Can I tell you, the, the truth is, the enemy, he's compared to a lion. The way a lion works is it will kill something and be like, hmm, my hunger's not satisfied. Who's around here? I'm coming after the next available meal. Crazy thing was, right, I remember we were in Kenya uh, how many of y'all went on the Kenya trip? Come on, these are my people right here. They went to Kenya, and we got to see a lion kill a buffalo. It was insane. But one of the things that actually also happened is in our car, Erica happened to be sitting on the left side, on the driver's side. And no joke, two male lions rolled up, who were not a part of the kill. They were not a part of the kill. Just rolled up and tried to sit in the shade underneath Erica's window. Can I tell you, Erica did not reach over like, you've probably had something to eat. Your mom probably made you a PB&J before you came out here. Man, I hope you had a little cute rabbit or something. Like, no, 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 no. A lion, a predator, is looking and is never satisfied. There is no neutral party. If you're like, no, I'm not Jesus or the devil, can I tell you that Jesus wants to steal, kill, and destroy as many people? He wants to take them to hell as he can take with him. So there is no neutral party. Someone say, no neutral. There is no neutral. 1 Corinthians 10, 20 through 21 says this. No, but the sacrifices of pagans were offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to participate with demons. Verse 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. You can't have both. You can't be neutral. How crazy is that? I feel like the table of demons is just like trying to ask McDonald's to make ice cream and their ice cream machine's broken. Like that's what I imagine the table of demons is kind of like. And the table of God is like going to Chick-fil-A. Y'all, now I'm just playing. Can I, give you, can I give you three points on how to navigate spiritual warfare? Is that okay? I know I'm, I know I'm going long, but y'all, y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Y'all ain't tired, right? Come on. I know you can sit through, I know you can sit through some lame Dr. Strange movie or not Dr. What is it? Is it Dr. No, what's his name? Who does the hands? Marvel. You can sit through a Marvel movie for three and a half hours, but like PT preaches for 45. You're like, this is so boring. Uh, well, maybe it's, maybe it's boring because you're engaging flesh and not your spirit. First point, spiritual victory is not by your power, it's through Jesus. Can I tell you that you aren't fighting against spirits? Jesus has already beat every demon, every spirit, every attack, every demon of suicide, every demon of depression, every demon of poverty, every demon of loneliness, every demon of perversion, every demon of lust, everything that you can think of, the spiritual nature of everything that we live in, Jesus has already had victory over it. It's not in your ability, young man. It's not in how good you are, young lady. It's only through Jesus that we have spiritual victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says this, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory. Someone say victory. victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Luke 4, 31 through 36 says this. I'm gonna read this story, and this is what proves that Jesus is what has the authority, not you. 
The reason why you don't have any authority is because with the same mouth that you glorify God, you curse other people with. With the same mouth that you say, God, I love you, you will tell people that you hate them or you'll make racist comments on a video game. The same mouth that you go, man, God, you're so good, I love you, you will talk bad about your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why you don't have any authority. Luke 4, 31 through 36. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. Verse 32, they were amazed at his teaching. They're talking about Jesus because his words had authority. Jesus' words have authority. Verse 33, in the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, go away! What do you want with us? Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. There are demons who know God better than you know God. Verse 35, watch what Jesus says. He says, be quiet. Jesus said sternly, come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. Verse 36, all the people were amazed and said to each other, what words these are, with authority and power. He gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. It is not in your ability. You are not a demon slayer, regardless of whatever lame anime you watch. <laughs> Although, never mind, I'm not going to say it. What words these are. With authority and a power, he gives them orders to, in, to impure spirits, and they come out. Second point, second point I want to teach you is you aren't the only one experiencing spiritual warfare. The biggest lie that we believe is like, it's just my struggle. No one else in the entire world has a mom who doesn't let them do what they want. No one else in the entire world doesn't have as much money as they want. No one else in the entire world doesn't have a boyfriend. No one else. It's just me. God, why have you forsaken me? I guess I'll just hang on this cross. You are not the only one navigating spiritual warfare. You are not the only one navigating this season. You are not the only one who struggles late at night about your purity and what you watch. You are not the only one that struggles with your body image. You are not the only one that struggles with lying, with cheating, with stealing. You are not the only one that is trying to figure out your sexuality. The biggest lie that we believe, and I know this is going to sound a little bit um, sad, is that one, one, I'm going to speak to this, and then I'm going to tell you the lie that you believe. God has created you uniquely, with all of the giftings, all of those things, but your struggles are not unique. The biggest lie we believe is that I'm unique, so my struggles are unique. Liar. Man, my life is so hard. I suck at chemistry. So does everyone. If you're good at chemistry, leave. No, I'm just playing. One of the things we believe, I'm so unique. It's my problems. I'm the only one navigating this. Young man, there are 30 other people navigating the same thing as you and there are 50 elders in the church that you're a part of that have navigated it and gotten victory through it you are not your struggle is not unique you are unique but your struggle is not unique first peter 5 8 through 9 says this stay alert watch out for your great enemy the devil someone say devil devil that's how they say it in missouri 
He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Verse 9, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Can I tell you the crazy thing? Because I've been to the other side of the planet, there are young men in Kenya who are struggling with their purity just like you are. Like, man, if I just lived in, like, a country without internet, that's so stupid. Man, if I just lived somewhere else, like, where there wasn't, like, you know, homelessness, what the? If I just lived somewhere better, if I just, if I was just not this, if I didn't, if I didn't have my parents, my dad, who makes me charge my phone in the living room, ugh. Bible says, remember, that your family of believers, believers all across the planet, all over the world, are going through the same kind of suffering you are. And that actually gives us a little bit of hope. Because I don't know about you, but if you've ever had like a sucky day, but somebody was there with you, like it sucked, but at least it sucked together. <laughs> Right, Or maybe you're in the place in like, I don't know, like you've helped someone move and they didn't take any of their stuff out of their dresser and you got to try and move it. But at least you're not trying to lift it alone, right? Right, it's like going to a sport, right, and you're a part of a sport and the coach says, on the line, boys! You're like, at least I'm not running it alone. <laughs> Can I tell you it's the same thing in our faith? That you're not navigating this thing alone? The Bible says that your brothers and sisters, your family believers are going through the same kind of suffering you are. Last point, keys you can make your way up here. We fight by engaging a different, parentheses, Holy Spirit. We fight by engaging a different, parentheses, Holy Spirit. Because here's the thing. If we were to start thinking about like, you know, if I wanted the opposite, if I was struggling, if I had an issue going on in my purity, do you know what I don't go do? I don't go to a strip club. I don't engage in the same thing and hope for a different result. I go to the opposite place. I go to a place of purity. If I'm struggling and I desire purity, I should get around purity. If I'm struggling and I've got some demonic thing going on or some sort of spiritual thing that I know is not God, you know where I should go? I should not go to the weird fortune teller. I should not go to the palm reader. I should not go to my horoscope. I need to go to Jesus. I need to go to the opposite spirit. You okay if I give you three ways to fight spiritually? I know you know how to throw a left hook, but do you know how to throw a spiritual left hook? I know you know how to take your earrings out, but do you know how to, how to fight when you're alone in your room? Do you know how to fight when you're at the party and people are asking you to do things that you don't want to do? Do you know how to fight when you're alone, when you're depressed, when you're struggling with thoughts of suicide? Do you know how to fight when that video, when that temptation pops up? Here's the first way that we fight. We fight through, first one, worship. We fight through worship. Psalms 22, verse three tells us, 
that he inhabits the praises of his people. If you want God's spirit to be with you, you need to engage in worship. John 4, 24 says, speaks of worshiping in spirit and truth. It's not about our spirit, but his spirit. When we worship, it invites his spirit. It invites the opposite spirit of what you're wrestling with. Next one. It's prayer. Someone say prayer. When we pray to God, only his spirit can be there. You cannot pray and engage God and a demon is still engaging with you. It's not true. It cannot happen. A demon can no longer be present with God because Holy Spirit has victory through Jesus' sacrifice. The next, the next form inside of prayer, I would say, is spiritual languages. When we engage in our spiritual language, we invite the Holy Spirit over every other spirit. Acts 19.6 shows us that tongues and Holy Spirit are connected. Verse 6, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Can I tell you, if you look, what happens? Paul lays hands. They receive Holy Spirit, and they speak in tongues. Those two are connected. Speaking in tongues invites the presence of God. I can't tell you how many times I've been so angry. I've been frustrated. I've been struggling. I've been like, man, I'm married. Why am I still struggling with my purity? This should be over. This should go away. I get to have sex. Why is this a problem still? And I'll be driving in my car, and I, and I could put on a worship song, and I start engaging in my spiritual language, and suddenly that temptation suddenly starts to lift, not because it goes away forever, because that's not true. That's not real. I wish it were true, young man. I wish as soon as you got married, you'd be like, man, this thing is gone. Never have to deal with it. But the truth is, is that wouldn't build any faith. That wouldn't build any reliance on God. If you could just get married, if you could just take a pill and all the problems would go away, that requires no faith. It requires no reliance on Jesus. So I engage in my spiritual language and suddenly those other things start to go away. And the last one, and uh, Isaac, can you come help me with this? The last one is resisting the enemy. James 4, 7 says this, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And here's the question I want to ask, and Isaac, go ahead and do this. Tie it around me. Just tie the end of it around me. This is an illustration to show you. Put it on my arms. That's perfect. It's like about to build a trap wire. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. <clears throat> so, like, if I'm you and I'm living my life, did you tie it or you just lay it around me? Tell me you didn't go to Boy Scouts <laughs> without telling me. Yeah, Royal Rangers. They don't even know what Royal Rangers is. How many of y'all know what Royal Rangers is? Bunch of nerds. Did you tie it? So, you, like, you just want to tie it like you're tying your shoelace. You don't have to be a bow. Just perfect, perfect. That's great. So let's, let's imagine this is the devil's hold on you, okay? And the way that a devil, the devil gets a hold on you is you engage in spiritual things that are not Christ-centered. You watch that show. You read that book. And you're like, no, it's not bad. It's just like, 
it's just like not that big a deal. Can I tell you one of the things that left in my spirit when I was growing up is uh, there was a there was a book series that everybody was into. It was called Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. Oh my gosh, I'm a Gryffindor. Of course you are. <clears throat> but I remember there were people around me who would watch that. I was like, mm, I just uh, something doesn't. Mm, uh, I don't like it. I'm not gonna watch it. And I could never give people a reason. I'd always give them like some weird, goofy reason. Like I'm like, um, I'm a believer who loves Jesus. I don't need to watch witchcraft. And I started to think like, oh man, maybe it's not that bad. Whatever. And then the author of Harry Potter, I can't think of her name right now, J.K. Row Rowling, something like that, comes out and she says, I wrote that book to engage, to encourage students, to encourage young people to explore Wiccan. And suddenly you go like, well, I thought it was just about ginger beer and British people. And you don't understand that there is a spiritual nature to the things we engage with. So like, I, so perfect example, I, I watched Harry Potter or whatever, and the devil's got a hold on me, and the devil starts to pull me like, hey, you should explore Wiccan, you just need to go Google it, whatever, whatever, this is just an illustration. And the Bible says that we need to resist the devil and he will flee from us. So now the devil starts to apply a little bit of tugging force. And you're like, resist, resist. <laughs> and can I tell you, there are some believers who go, you did your best, try again. And then you'd be like, okay, I'm making decisions to go towards God. I'm leaning in, and suddenly there's a, no, I gotta resist. Ha, ha, ha. It's so hard to be pure. Can I tell you the, the true definition of this word resist is not, oh, I'm trying. The true term resist means with everything that you have. Go ahead, Isaac. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But everything that I have, this is really resisting. When I'm still pushing and I'm going, God, I'm coming after. That's really what resisting means. But you believe resisting is like, oh, this is really hard. I had one good day and I didn't look at porn. I, I guess I can have one day. That's not resisting, young man. And the way you gain strength to resist is not through you. The way you gain strength to resist is through reading your Bible. The way you gain strength is not through you looking at stuff and going, I'm going to look at stuff and not engage. And you're going to tip over. The way you build the ability to resist is through reading your Bible. What are the three ways? Worship, prayer, Resist the devil. And the way we do that is through reading our Bible. Oh, man, I got a rope burn now. Thank you, Isaac. Here's how I want to close tonight. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Maybe you're in this place, and you'd say, PT, I, if I'm really honest, spiritually, I don't even have a relationship with God. Spiritually, I am so far. I feel like I've got six ropes tied around me, and they're all pulling me away from God, and I just want to be close to Him. I want to experience the freedom, the ability to worship, to lift my hands. I want to experience that. If that's you, I want to lead you in a prayer, but before I do that, would you be so bold right now I should just raise your hand across this place. I want to pray for you. Just raise it straight up, straight up, straight up, straight up, straight up. 
no shame, no condemnation, no fear, no anxiety, no worry about other people. Just straight up, straight up, straight up, straight up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just straight up, straight up. All eyes closed. Nobody looking around. It's a private moment between you and Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can I tell you right now, all of heaven is going insane right now because the greatest decision you will ever make in your life is choosing Jesus as the Lord of your life. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Those of you that raised your hands, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And altar team, you can go ahead and get into place. But I want us to pray this together to signify making a decision for Jesus. Maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time. If you raise your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to pray it out loud. But every single person in this room, I want you to pray this. Say, dear Jesus. No, come on, really pray it. Say, dear Jesus, I've messed up. My life is messed up. And I need a Savior. And I believe that's you. Jesus, you died for me. You lived a perfect life, and I haven't. Wash me. Make me new. Help me to follow you. Help me to live a life that follows you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we celebrate those who just prayed that prayer? Amen. Can we do this? Can we stand to our feet all across this place? Stand to your feet all across this place. And here's what I feel. If you're in this place and you were real honest and you go, I've been struggling at resisting the devil. What you were talking about, PT, I am not doing a good job. I have been resisting, but not very strong. I've been resisting, but in my strength, not in God. Remember, the victory is not in your strength because you're broken. You, you don't have the ability to do it. It's only through God. So can we do this? Bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're in this place, you say, that's me, PT. I've been losing the battle. I've been struggling. Instead of leaning and fighting, I've given up. And instead of fighting and continuing to fight, I, I've messed up. And you're in this place, what I'm believing is that if you come out of your seat and you receive prayer, there will be a breakthrough for you. Something will happen. Something will fall off of you. Suddenly that rope won't seem so tight. Suddenly you'll have some strength to be able to resist the enemy. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. If that's you and you need prayer because you've been struggling. I'm going to pray, and when I say amen, I want you to get out of your seat. God, I pray right now for boldness. Those who are struggling, they're going to come up to this altar, God, and they're going to receive breakthrough. They're going to receive healing. They're going to receive a freedom like they've never experienced before. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you, get out of your seat right now. Get out of your seat right now. Come on, come on, come on. Get out of your seat. Get out of your seat. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Get out of your seat. Get out of your seat. Come on, come on. Can we celebrate these? Come on. We can celebrate a little bit better than that. Come on, come on, come on. Here's what we're going to do. The two other ways is prayer and worship. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship. We're going to begin to worship. So here's what I want you to do. If, if you're in your seats, can you just extend your hands either to pray or to worship God right now? Just shoot your hands straight up in the air and just begin to engage worship. Right now, I actually believe that there might be people who have a struggle, who, are, who have a family issue that God is going to break off in worship right now. Come on, can you just worship right now, right where you're at?